The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat yourself on the back. Go ahead. Go ahead. Reach up. Give yourself a little pat on the back. You made it. You got here. It's Friday. Yes. Thank God it's Friday. And uh, we're all still here. Quick check. Look outside. If you're in the Northeast, sun shining. Might be a little rainy tomorrow. Who knows? But you made it. It's Friday and it's and it's okay. Yeah, we got some things we have to get to. But you you powered through another week. Just like Hillary Clinton on the campaign trail. She powered through it. Remember that? Remember that talking point about a year ago when everybody was speculating, is she okay? She's coughing. (laughs) Yes, but she powered through. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's Friday. It's a Freestyle Friday. We have a myriad things to discuss today we have north korea we have manafort we have manafort's son-in-law we have gold in them their halls of lower manhattan really really we'll see we'll see we have uh, locked and loaded military options and everybody fretting fretting over the rhetoric today's going to be an interesting day since it is a friday we will get a little bit of a faith lift with our buddy billy hollowell just about an hour and a half from right now he's actually coming off of a vacation with his family a a beachfront oceanside vacation because that's the way the hollowells roll they go to the jersey shore and we'll check in with billy because there are a couple of stories that he wanted to talk about this week and oddly enough, one of at least one of them I was dying to talk to him about. So we will get to that. Uh, at the bottom of this hour, our friend Buck Sexton. Yes, that Buck Sexton, the same guy whose show is now live, starting at 6 o'clock Eastern every night on this here Blaze Radio channel. Uh, that's going to be fabulous. And uh, I have a couple questions of the week. A vital question of the day, however, is about the North Korean situation. And we'll ask everybody on this one. Who pulls the trigger first? Is it going to be America? Is it going to be North Korea? Will it be neither as this potential conflict de-escalates? Or are you unable to decide? Now, I'm, I'm guessing... As I read over all the statements, China, China sent out a message just the way we sent out a message. Every time we say something, and despite the fact that the news thinks that, oh, it's all it's all off the cuff with Trump. He's just talking. He's just talking as he's feeling it. He doesn't have any idea. Are you kidding me? You don't get to where you are just by speaking off the cuff. Now, he will phrase it. He will phrase it in the in a uh, parlance of a common man so that we can all understand it. But I do think the president's smarter than the mainstream media gives him credit for being. I don't always agree with what he says, but I think he's a whole lot smarter. 
Case in point, look at how Keith Olbermann portrays the president. Olbermann has lost his bloody mind <laughs> over Donald Trump. And it's almost fun to watch Keith Olbermann spin out every day. So uh, I'm just, I'm fascinated by that. I understand Doc Thompson's running around the studio. I don't know if he's close by, what? but if he is, uh, yeah, he, what? he what? should what? jump in here. What? What? You know, it's almost as if I'm, I should change your name to Philip Drew. Why Philip Drew? You're not familiar with Philip Drew, administrator? I'm not. I'm not. Enlightened. You need to go and read one of the books that Glenn tortured Pat and Stu with about three years ago. It's possibly the most boring book Glenn has ever suggested. Wow, that's saying something. It is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Although I did... I, I did like friction, and friction mistakes awesome. were made, but not by me. By the way, are you but, still frettering over rhetoric? Uh, I'm not a rhetoric fretter. I know that, a lot of rhetoric fretters. Is As that a matter rhetoric? Fact, I, I knew uh, rhetoric fretter when he was in the top 100 in tennis in America. Really? That uh, sounds exciting. But he's no more. No more. But no, Doc, Doc you are ubiquitous at that studio. Every time I... I, I Check in. You're somewhere in front of a camera or a microphone. I'm, so just, I'm just waiting here for you anytime well, you need me. Well, now, we talked yesterday on your program, which um, the Morning Blaze heard on these here radio networks. Uh, and I mentioned that I thought this triangulation by the president, the secretary of state and uh, General McMaster, I thought it was really, really well thought out. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel like it was going to cause a military conflict to break out but that's why i asked the question today that's why i jumped in you've been sitting there after your show sucking up all the news as well as all the free food that happens on friday at the studios yes where are you standing on this do you think based on the vital question of the day do you think there's going to be a conflict and who pulls the trigger first yeah i think there's going to be a conflict i've spent a lot of time talking with uh well with glenn and jason buttrell who's on glenn's program and others uh yeah i think something's coming I, that it's a really broad statement because i don't know what that something is i don't know if it's going to be limited to cyber war but we're we're done playing um something is going to happen uh i think you have to play the extremes what's the worst and best case scenario best case scenario a lot of people are going to die and i'm uh, if something happens i don't think we get out of this in more recent wars where it's um a few thousand soldiers as tragic as that is i think you're looking many many more and many civilians as well whether they're south koreans or americans in south korea or americans in the united states um and the economy will not do well who pulls the trigger first i think there will be arguable, um, uh, plausible deniability that they pull the trigger first. In other words, either they will pull the trigger first or we will make it seem that they pulled the trigger first. Hmm. I think so we're, we're smart gonna, enough to go. Well, we're, we're sounding, some people believe we're goading them into it and goading Kim Jong-un into it. But I thought the, uh, the maddest statement yesterday not today because he talks about any any armed conflict would be catastrophic and he's a hundred thousand percent right but i thought the statement about if there is if they do choose to attack mm -hmm. that it will be the end of the regime was 
fascinating in terms of how it was written because all it says is your people are going to live, but you're going to die, little fat boy. Right. Now, here's what you have to remember, and this is, this is really um, interesting, and, and always, always play this, always put this first. When it's their perspective, any regime that is dictatorial, any, any dictator, or whether it's an oligarchy or a single guy or whatever, but in particular North Korea, it's like bees or ants. Their sole focus is in protecting that regime, protecting the current state, the regime. They don't care about the people, the structure, anything else, the regime. So if they say something like that to them, hey, the regime's going to be gone, but the people are still going to be there, that is us telling him, we're just taking you out if you keep screwing around. And I think he gets that message. Yep. And I, I especially found, in conjunction with that, the Chinese statement that uh, if if North Korea strikes first, they will remain neutral, meaning basically telling the little fat guy, we ain't bailing you out if you strike first. But if they if they <laughs> if we strike first, they kind of said, you know, we're going to kind of protect the region and our interests here in the region. <laughs> so but that's so, also that's also publicly. What are they saying privately? I mean, pu- yeah. privately, they may be telling the U.S., listen, we're not going to start a bunch of crap. We'll come out and uh, posture a little bit, but don't worry. They could be telling them that, or they could be telling them far worse. I don't think China wants any part of it. As long as China is assured, even if we were to quote-unquote start, you know, pull the trigger first, uh, if China is assured, has reason to believe that we're only going as far as North Korea and only regime change to, to get those nukes, they're going to be fine. They, they have no problem. Uh, the, the main thing that they have, and like North Korea for at this point, they're not even concerned with other communist regimes or whatever. They just want that extra buffer between South Korea and North Korea that if we ever invaded China or went to war with them, we have to go all of that distance if, we're, if it's a land invasion in order to get into their country. Well, and interestingly enough, Russia and China are reportedly joining forces today and doing some serious talking with with the North Korean government. Not a surprise since they both have borders. China's That's obviously bigger. Right, bigger. Russia has but, that um, little skinny piece there with, with North Korea. But I'm more concerned with Russia than China at this point because I think Russia, I don't even think they care. Russia's its own animal. They are interested only in themselves. Their, their allies are just there for their benefit. They're not there to benefit their allies. So if they see an opportunity, a weakened America, why wouldn't they take the shot? Yeah, I think this is a, a fantastic distraction for Russia to keep us busy and, and yep. let them do other stuff on the other side of Russia's massive border to try and uh, get the band back together, as Putin is fond of yep. uh, saying, get the, get the old Soviet Union back together. But now, Doc, we can talk about Russia and, and China mm-hmm. and the Norks and all that stuff all day long. But there's also, it's Friday, there's a burning issue that we need to get to. Uh, Please tell me about the burning Friday issues. The Munsters reboot. Whoa, 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 what, what, no, no, what, what, no, no, what? You haven't heard about the Munsters reboot? The Munsters are rebooting. They tried that on some bad cable thing, a couple, that's, wow, no, tell me. We're... We're, you know what? There was a, a lot of success with the Adams family. Remember? Will this be a movie? Yes, it appears that okay. it will be. With now, let let me run these by you. Lily, oh, oh Lily, Grandpa. Yeah, go ahead. Jerry O'Connell as, as Herman Munster. 
Jerry O'Connell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Eddie Izzard. Do you know Eddie Izzard? No. Who's Eddie Izzard? Oh, you know Eddie Izzard was Dame Edna, right? Oh, yeah. Who is he playing? Um, Grandpa. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. All right. And we're talking Lily. There were a couple of different rumors. I initially heard Sarah Silverman, but I think that's wrong. I believe it's Portia de Rossi. Portia de Rossi as Lily. Yeah. Okay, she's a good actress. Yeah, you paint her up, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, is, somebody, Ellen, is Ellen Eddy? No, oh. that's kind of interesting. But the Widow's is Peak isn't there. Uh, they've got a couple of unknowns, relatively unknowns. Charity Wakefield as, as the um, sort okay. of culturally and I thought you d- meant as a, as a series. It's not going to work as a series. As a as a, as a movie, as a full length film, that would be okay. That, yeah, that could work if they do it right and script and that. Uh, what was their address? Thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane. Nice. And their pet? Um, the, the dragon under the wh- steps. Right. What was his name? He had a name. Spot, it was Spot. No, that's not it. Yes, it was Spot. What was it? Brad Stags, give it me the business. Spot. It was Spot. Okay, it was Spot. It was Spot. And, and Grandpa in- drove. Grandpa drove a dragster that for the body had what? Uh, coffin. Yes, thank you. And where did Herman work? Uh, well, he worked at the cask. I believe he worked at the mortuary. He did work in the mortuary. That was uh, after he was a cop on uh, Car Fifty Four. Where are you? But that was different. Different character, yeah, different but character. Jerry O'Connell. It looks like it looks like the reboot is coming. Could work if they. I'll give you that as a full length. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now here's the bad news. Are you ready? Are you yep. sitting down? Yep, I'm ready. They're going to put him in Brooklyn. Where were they before? In the fictional town of uh, Mockingbird, which is why they lived on Mockingbird Lane. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I could see there's some value in doing it uh, in a in a real place. Now you can tie into some some current event type things in some real places. Well, now Variety's reporting this, so you know it's real. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, the money to put this together is coming from Seth Meyers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's legit. So, you can put some cash. Yeah, that works. You know, there could be a whole bunch of different things, which may, you know maybe. Maybe you see Sarah Silverman there. It's, we'll, we'll see. This, the, the Jerry O'Connell, I mean, Portia de Rossi, Eddie Izzard was good. from the, the failed 2012 series. But I, now, just, I just wish they'd do a full-length feature film of uh, Sigmund and the Sea Monster. I mean, they do something like that. That's, that'd be good. I see. I'd be more of a Beanie and Cecil guy. <laughs> Touche. If we're going to bring a sea monster back into taking, you know, I'm tired of them animating uh, TV shows and movies. I want to take Puppets. animated series and make them oh, into re- that's live action. That's nice. You know, so, you know, but the, Mo- the monsters reboot, and I guess they're going to put them in a bunch, uh, around a bunch of hipsters in Brooklyn. That kind of works. Yeah. So we'll right. see, uh, you know. All right, buddy. I'm a little nervous about it, but we'll thank you for joining the conversation Glad and weighing in on this. Always, always, I'm here for you. Thank you, my friend. All right. That's Doc Thompson, The Morning Blaze, Monday through Tuesday at uh, 6 a.m. Eastern, correct? <laughs> That's uh, Monday through Friday. It's five days a week now. Yeah. 
But we have the TV Monday through Friday as well, starting the 28th. Hey, yeah, um, the, w- when did the cameras start? Uh, the 28th. There, We're working on it now still. Still putting them in the studios here through the 28th. Or, uh, the, you the know they're country. slimming those cameras. That's they make you look skinny. That's why I've been trying to bulk up in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> I hear the camera laws, it shaves off 10 pounds, so I, want, I don't want to lose any weight on camera, so I'm bulking up. That's my Very plan. good. All right. Very good. Well, Thank you, sir. Have a safe drive home. Right, Thanks buddy. for joining the party. Uh, this is Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. It is uh, Pure Opelka. It was this day, wasn't it this day back in uh, the Reagan era? I think it was 1984 when Ronald Reagan actually freaked out the Soviets when he he was doing a little mic check during the the warm-up before he recorded the the uh, weekly message to the nation. I think it was. Do, do you remember that? It was uh, August 11th, 1984. The president was joking his way through an audio check on August 11th. That I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. Nobody on the far left thought that was funny, and certainly the Russians didn't find it funny. President Reagan's announcement triggered sort of a red alert, if you will, in the Soviet Union. They, uh, they moved some ships into place between America and Alaska. They, they put a lot of their bombers on alert. And even, even stood everybody onto a red alert into October of that same year. Reagan, just he was just screwing around. It was the mic check. You know, you're supposed to come in before, as we do here, before every show. We have a little, hello, how are you? Check one, test two, how do I sound, Dallas? They tell me. Reagan was doing that. He just tried to be a little funny. And I think it was stinking hilarious, if you ask me. (laughs) We begin bombing in five minutes. So I think some of what Trump says is also meant to do the same thing. For example, yesterday during the extended press event, it was supposed to be a photo op, but yesterday during the press event, somebody asked the president about the expulsion of the American diplomats from, from Russia. And the president remarked kind of glibly, well, we were looking to save money on payroll anyway. And there is so much indignation right now going, oh, my gosh, look, he's joking about the about the men and women of our diplomatic forces. No, he's not. He doesn't want Putin to think that it bothered him. It actually was a brilliant response. Back to. Sun Tzu and the art of war. Don't let him irritate you. Buck Sexton joins us next. I can't wait for this check-in. We'll see what Buck thinks about North Korea, Russia, and all this other stuff. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, and uh, this is kind of a a flashback Friday after a throwback Thursday, as uh, we welcome in a guy that uh, was there with Pure Opelka in the early days, as Pure Opelka was with him in the early days on the Buck Sexton program. Mr. Buck Sexton, welcome back, sir. Great to be back. What's up, Godfather? You know, the, the truth for everyone listening is that is that Mike was there uh, for me in the early days to actually convince me to do radio and to be a guest when I needed a guest because he was my friend. And other people were like, who are you? I don't know what your show is. But Mike <laughs> was there from day one. Mike is the man. For all of you listening, if you don't know that, Michael Pelka is the man. Well, you're very kind. And, and you know what? I was really excited this week when I heard... Uh, your show, which uh, is now all over the country, syndicated program. Nations Plus, yeah. Yeah, we love this. We, and it's just getting started, is now live on the Blaze Radio Network. It had been on a slight time delay, but now you're 100% live. So this is great news if people, if the old, not that the old crew doesn't know where you are, but if they want to just be able to participate live, this is fantastic. Yeah, I'm so happy. I mean, my my original Team Buck squad from the Blaze Radio uh, can can listen on the Blaze stream now in, in real time, and and that means that if they want to call in or they, you know if they want to be right there with us at every minute, we're going to be six to nine Eastern, and you know I'm just so psyched, and you know it, it's like I'm I'm back in the family. I mean, I, I live in a different city, but you know I'm back in the family. Yeah, where the heck are you now? Are you still in the city, New York? Yeah, I'm. I'm in. Uh, I'm actually in right in the center of Manhattan. So that's that's where I decided to set up shop. I really like uh, noise, congestion, everything being too expensive, and everyone being uh, a socialist. That's that's what I look for when I pick my my living arrangements. So Manhattan. Well, you're you're able to be kind of an individual there. You're you're not just blending in. That's the good part. You can be you. <laughs> Yeah, and I will say that any time I go to a part of the country, like, for example, Dallas, where people have sane politics and love America, it's, it's like a nice breath of fresh air. It's like an immediate vacation from the craziness here in New York because I walk around, I'm like, hey, what's up? What's up, fellow patriot? You know, <laughs> have a good time. <laughs> well, Buck, um, yeah, being in New York, I don't know if you heard about this, but there's a Cheetos pop-up restaurant opening next week. Are you Cheeto-friendly with your uh, with your gluten restrictions? You know, it's funny. I was telling a story recently about how uh, on, on my show, which is Buck Sexton with America Now, for those of you who are listening to Pure Pelco, may not be uh, up on the, on, on the new name, and I, I was... Uh, you know, telling people about how when I was a kid, um, I one of my favorite indulgences was Nestle Quick and Cheetos. You know, I mean, I would drink uh, Nestle Quick and Cheetos, and then now I'm, I'm celiac, so I figured I couldn't have it. I think, I, I, I need to check on this, I believe that most Cheetos fa- flavors are, in fact, gluten-free, which I just found out recently. Well, next Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in Midtown Manhattan, there is a Cheetos pop-up restaurant going to be uh, 
drawing in th thousands. And uh, our chef friend, Carl Ruiz, the Mad Cuban from the Food Network, says he can hook us up. So I'm thinking I might need to be in there on Wednesday, go to the Cheeto restaurant, and then maybe catch a preview of the Groundhog Day musical that the Murray brothers are producing on Broadway. Godfather Opelka, if I can join you at the Cheetos pop-up restaurant, you let me know and I'm there. It would be have to be before your show. Unfortunately, we'd have to try and see. You know what? We'll let after we have our discussion. I'll see if we can work this out. But that would be the greatest reunion. We're, we're getting a band back together at a Cheetos pop up restaurant in Manhattan. <laughs> oh, sounds, the photos sounds absolutely perfect and fitting in, in every way. Brother, do you, well, do you want to talk about impending nuclear war too? Or are we just going to keep it on the on the light side today? Of course. Well, today's vital question, which is a regular feature here on Pure Opelka. Uh, it, who pulls the trigger first, America, North Korea, neither, or you can't decide? Uh, I, I give it. I give it about a ninety-five percent chance of of neither. Um, look, this is this is scary because it falls into the uh, the low probability, high impact category. Meaning, obviously, if anything were to happen here, the possibility for uh, uh, overreaction, miscalculation, and immediate escalation is all too real. So what North Korea thinks may just be another provocation for us may cross a line that forces a response that in turn gets a complete overreaction from North Korea, and this is how the rapid escalation can happen. And, and so that's why when they're talking about firing off missiles at, at Guam, uh, this is this would be new. This would be something that we haven't seen before, and they may be estimating that they can do this without much more than a continuation of the economic and, and political sanctions we've seen in the in the past. But that you know, all it takes is one of the you know one missile to uh, to go go awry, go the wrong place, actually connect in Guam somewhere. I mean, and now we get to a place of well, what's the U.S. military response and it gets it gets uh, real sticky real fast. It, this is not something that anybody should be uh, taking lightly. Although I do think that right now we still have, uh, when you look at the on the balance of the evidence and and what we've seen and and the statements from North Korea, it still seems likely they understand that they, they do face uh, complete destruction as a state uh, if they were to go military against us in any capacity. But then again, the more you learn about North Korea, Mike, and I can say this, is I've been reading up a lot on it the last few months because I've known this problem is obviously going to continue on. The more you read about North Korea, the more you see that we keep referring to how they're rational, they're rational. Well, there are different levels of rationality, and this is a country where reality is distorted. I mean, it is, it is all seen through the funhouse mirror lens of the Kim autocracy and all of the propaganda that goes along with it. And there's some pretty terrifying stuff. I mean, on the propaganda side of it, I can go into details you know, if people are curious or if you want to know. But uh, this is, we're, we're not dealing with people that just have, you know, economic and boundary differences or something, right? I mean, this is a whole next level of, uh, of aggression and militarism. Yeah, we, we really don't have a great handle on it in terms of those of us who are on the... Uh on the average American knowledge level of this, North Korea is such a protected empire that we only have little bits and pieces of what manages to escape. And so I, I don't think we have a fair handle on this guy 
or actually what's happening there. And I don't think the rest of the people there either have that that understanding. I think they're pretty much you. You want to talk about cult of personality when we had Obama in office? Look at the cult of personality with the Kim family and the Korean people. So it's it's uh, the previous administration here on super steroids. And I think they're, they'll just do anything this guy says, no matter what, because they don't know any better. They don't know anything else. You, you hit on a, on a really critical point here, Mike, and that is, uh, and so there's, there's uh, have a twofold response. And, and the point you hit on is that when, when people are brainwashed, that means that they have been conditioned to think a certain way. You know, in, in the U.S. and in the West, our uh, perception of the North Korean people is that they are uh, this horrifically oppressed uh, group of, of people that are either in camps or in fear of going in camps. That's all true, but there are also some inside the state, certainly within the military apparatus and, and the political apparatus such as it is, who, who buy into this at some level and who think that they are under siege, who think that they face an existential threat. And, you know, when you, when you start to do... A, a an inside-out analysis from okay imagine that you're a north korean colonel right now and you've grown up there and you've been subjected to all this stuff what you see is uh... uh countries all around the world that are economically strangling your nation uh... you see a country very far away with the united states that has put thirty thousand or so u.s. troops right across the border ready to invade i mean you know we don't see it that way because we know what the truth is of the moral character of our country and that we do want peace and but from a north korean perspective there is much more buy-in to this crazy north korean state than i think most of us see because yeah when a defector comes out a defector is going to tell this, these horrific stories about the camps and about, you know, I think Christopher Hitchens, Mike, had one of the best descriptions ever of North Korea, which was, he called it a constant, and he had, he had visited, he's one of the rare journalists who actually spent time in all of the axis of evil countries, including North Korea. He said that it was a concentration camp above ground and a mass grave below it. Abs- mm-hmm. Again, absolutely true, essential, we understand that. And the defectors... Uh, speak to that when they when they leave the country. Usually, they flee through China, and then you know sometimes we actually have them speaking to us here in the West. But for example, people forget that some percentage of the defectors actually go back to North Korea. Uh, you know, which is ra- rarely reported on that, that there are people who still, at some level, buy into some of the ideology that was so uh, so jammed into their brains by this regime. And, and I would just recommend to your uh, your audience, to uh, to Team Opelka, um, that there's a book out, and, and I've read it, and I think it really gives a perspective that you won't see in the media on this North Korea problem. And, Mike, just as an aside, I know I'm rambling on about this, but I just, uh, I'm, I'm amazed at how many people go on TV talk about North Korea, and I'm honestly not sure they could name the capital of North Korea, the capital of South Korea off the top of their head, but they're posing as experts on it on TV, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not a North Korea expert. I'm an international relations guy, and, and I studied this uh, from an academic perspective. I mean, from a practitioner's perspective, I'm a Mideast guy, as you know, and I served the Mideast, spent a lot of time there. But uh, the book is called The Cleanest Race, and its, uh, its subtitle is How North Koreans See Themselves and Why It Matters. It's written a few years ago, but I think it's so important because this, this analyst, and he's actually the North Korea analyst for The Atlantic, goes through all the propaganda, both the internal and external propaganda of North Korea, to see what do these people really think? What are they being told? What do they believe? 
And it's actually scarier than a lot of people realize. It's a well, fascistic... I, I'm sorry, Mike, go ahead. I was going to say, I'd imagine. Yeah, this is the, the Cleanest Race is the name of the book. Now I've got my weekend reading on top of what Glenn's given us for the summer. So I, yeah, I the, will... I'll dive I in on it. I want to give people a, a, quick, a quick sense of why it's sure. even scarier. We are, we are taught, uh, I think largely incorrectly, that North Korea is a communist, Stalinist state along the lines of the Soviet Union and China. It borrows from some of those political, uh, from some of those political systems, but in terms of its real ideology, its core state values, it is really more, as you said, it's actually a cult of personality along the lines of a World War II fascist state, a Hitlerian state, for example, where racial supremacy and vile uh, racial supremacism are actually central to much of the messaging from inside the state. And once you believe that other races and other people are subhuman and less than you, and that you have to unite behind one leader because those other races are trying to eliminate you, anything is possible, Mike. So this is why I think it's important for people to uh, to look through this, get a sense of it. And, and um, I'm sorry for the uh, continue. I, I wanted to have more of a back and forth with you, but I think this is a uh, an important message for people to hear. It's really important, and that's why I'm glad you came on today to do that and also to tell people more of this nightly at 6 o'clock live as Buck Sexton. Uh, what, um, give me the correct title, Buck. The Buck Sexton Program it's, on it's, One it's, America? It's, it's it's Buck Sexton with America Now. It's 6 America to 9 now. Eastern, carried live. It's a nationally syndicated radio show, but it's carried live on the Blaze Radio Network, 6 to 9 Eastern. And, of course, if you miss it and you want to hear it, you can always download it on iTunes, for those of you listening. And uh, with that, sir, I, Mike, great to talk to you, man. Let, let's go get some, uh, some gourmet Cheetos when you're in town. I will uh, alert you off air. Thank you, my friend. We'll, Thank we'll you, speak brother. Soon. Good luck. Talk to you soon. There he goes. The great. Buck Sexton, who's also a great friend, and that's more important than anything else. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. I enjoy talking to Buck Sexton. I also enjoy sharing with you guys moments uh, that I stumble into that give me hope. And such a moment happened yesterday when I found this little video on the YouTubes of a, a, a little brother and a little sister, a brother and a sister in an SUV in the car wash, and the little sister was scared to death, and her big brother decided he was going to keep her calm. She's so nervous. This this wonderful video has the young boy, he can't be like more than three or four, reaching out to this toddler and holding her hand as they enter one of those drive through car washes. She's got tears in her eyes. She's terrified. Mommy! 
just a wash, he keeps telling her. It's a car wash. This video is two and a half minutes. And if you really want to see what family is about, I, I'm going to tweet this out. Days like today, when we're all worried that the whole world's going to blow itself up, you have to know that at the center of it all, boiled down to the, the tiniest bit of one human and another, we will take care of each other. It's just wonderful. I know it's silly, but you have to watch it. Give yourself a two minute and 24 second break today and then we'll be right back after the news. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.